That's why he, Steve's like, that's why everybody likes Billy, because he's better at basketball than me. That's the only possible reason. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta tell you, that's never been a factor for me. Hello and welcome to our Stranger Things podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode is going to be about like a character that you have played in a D&D campaign. So I have only two characters that I've ever played in D&D campaigns, I think. Um, the first one was in a um, Star Trek D&D campaign, and if, if you listen to our other podcasts, you're like, Robin, you haven't seen Star Trek. That's correct. Um, <laughs> that is uh, entirely correct. Yeah. I joined it anyway because I'm nosy and have to burrow into other people's business. Um, so I joined that campaign with Brittany and Sam and a couple of our friends. And uh, my character's name was Charlotte um, Skylark, but she went by Chip. So her name was Chip Skylark. And um, if you're my age or watched similar uh TV shows as a child, as me, you recognize that name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I did steal it. Um, and then <laughs> after we did the Star Trek campaign, um, I decided, hey, we should make a campaign in which we're walking around Disney World. So I DM'd that campaign. Um, but then afterwards, I created a character to, well, first, I created a couple of characters for that one. But the character that I played sort of in there was named Trip Skylark. And he was a, uh, an ancestor of Chip Skylark. Um, and was played by Joe Jonas in my head. <laughs> that was such a good choice. We love we love connectivity. Oh yes, and he was and he was an actor. He was like a Broadway actor. He was cool. Oh yeah, yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 31 year old artist and journalist from beautiful post apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And um, I okay, I I also played the same campaigns that Robin did, but I have the memory of a goldfish. Mm -hmm. I know that one of my characters, I was basically like I named her Melody Song because I basically just made her River Song. Like her face claim was Alex Kingston. She was like this immortal being. Like I literally just made her River Song, and that was like <laughs> the most fun I've had at D and D. But I've, like, come to realize, like, I'm not good at D&D, &D, and I don't have the patience for it. <laughs> yeah, like, D&D &D is hard. <laughs> My name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I have also played in the same D&D &D campaigns as Robin and Brittany, obviously, because we all have the same friends yeah, and we yeah. all adopt each other's friend groups. And so in my, in our Star Trek campaign, I, my character was named Andromeda Ray and she was a human, but she had big Riker energy, but, uh, she was like fresh out of the Academy and, uh, she was a human. I thought she was a Betazoid. Oh, right. She was a Betazoid. She was, oh boy. I'm wrong. I was just like looking at this thing. I'm like, she looks human. I don't know. No, she was a Betazoid. Um, Robin's right. She has a better memory than I do. Um, <laughs> Robin has a better memory than all of us. I just remember going to Beta Z and meeting your moms. Oh, right. Yeah, we. I had uh, two gay moms played by Angela Bassett and Emma Thompson. <laughs> that was iconic. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Our other friends tried to hit on my moms in the D&D &D campaign. It's um, true. And I respect them for it. And then my Disney characters, uh, my favorite ones were Chad Riker. He's a himbo. 
And she named him Chad. And I just, I really wanted to play a dude in d d It was fun. And he was so helpful. He was so helpful, especially with Biscuit. Yeah, he, he was. was. so helpful. <laughs> I made an NPC <laughs> who looked like Ariana Grande, whose name was Biscuit. Oh my god, I forgot I, about Biscuit! I, I got, I just got it in my head and I was like, yeah, there needs to be a character named Biscuit. <laughs> okay, but like, Biscuit was a real shady bitch. Yeah, she was. Oh, Biscuit. I was not impressed with Biscuit's attitude. <laughs> But yeah, that's a, uh, I made, my favorite part of D&D was making aesthetics for my characters. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, I want to keep making those aesthetics for like random characters that I make up, but I'm like, but what am I going to use these characters for? Right. Fun. Yeah. Today we have word to say about episode 303 of Stranger Things, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. This episode will contain spoilers for the entirety of seasons one, two, and three of Stranger Things. So I think for the title, there's a missing lifeguard. What? Um, and they're trying to solve the case, mm-hmm. basically. Um, it's a very Nancy Drew title, and Nancy is called that a lot, including in this episode. I was like, it's definitely a, a reference to Nancy Drew. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we uh, split up this episode into five storylines, starting with Jancy. So, shall we just jump right in? Sure. All right. I like uh, when there's lots of storylines, because then each of the discussions are kind of short, and it's, like, really nice and compact. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I feel that way as well. I think that's probably why Stranger Things is one of my favorite pods to talk on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to just, like, split them up into these small, mm-hmm. little bite-sized pieces. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so, Jancy. Jonathan and Nancy develop the pictures of the rats. Nancy goes into the boardroom and tells the journalists all the things she learned. She thinks there's a story here. As expected, they all think she's crazy and tell her to stop doing more than her job requirements. Later, she makes coffee and the dudes prank her with a rubber rat. She goes to Jonathan. They're going to go get the rat and get it tested for proof. They go to Mrs. Driscoll's house, but she doesn't answer. They let themselves in and find that Mrs. Driscoll has gone rabid herself. Is that? Yikes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. That's the full storyline. Yeah. So first of all, developing Jonathan's rat pictures, he does not have a very... He just doesn't have a lot of faith in her plan. I love the uh, <laughs> phrase rat pictures. <laughs> yeah, rat pictures. Pictures of rats, yeah. <laughs> pictures of Jonathan, who is a rat. Well, it's just one rat. Yeah. Selfies. Uh, this is where I once, once again declare that uh, I am sick of Jonathan. Yeah. Sorry. If anyone's a fan of Jonathan, like, I'm sorry. I'm just like, believe in your girlfriend, homie. Yeah, it's like, it's it's too bad because, you know, they want us to be happy with Nancy and Jonathan, it's clear. Mm-hmm. They got them together finally at the end of last season, and they, they're they together all throughout this season. You know, like, it's not like they break up. Like, you know, it feels like, okay, well, this is the duo, right? Right. And so the writers want us to like Nancy and Jonathan. And, and you can tell also because... When Jonathan doubts her plans, he's not being like, Nancy, that's a stupid plan. He's being oh, right. like, well, Nancy, like, maybe we could think of something different because I don't know if that's such a good idea. You know, like, if they wanted us to hate him, then it would be easier. Right. Like, it's it's a very... He, it's Jonathan quieter. falls 100% into the nice guy category. 100%. Mm-hmm. He's a nice guy. Sure. So even when he doesn't believe you or doesn't believe in your plan, he's still a nice guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that the people making the show thought about that. No, they definitely mm-hmm. didn't. Being like as insidious as it is now. Yeah. They clearly haven't seen Promising Young Women, I, I think which we watched that, yeah. this week. Uh, oh my God. Wow. You want to get radicalized? Watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> The thing that I found interesting about this storyline is that I don't care about it because I don't like Jonathan. Thank you. 
Sure. So Nancy says that he worries too much, just like his mom. And I'm like, it will. Is, does Joyce worry too much? Not in my opinion. Right. No. I think she worries the exact right amount <laughs> Given, for um, yeah. someone in her situation. Yeah. Yeah. Given Joyce's history, um, I honestly, she doesn't worry enough. Right. Yeah. So they are kissing at work. And I'm like, listen, don't get caught. Like, I'm not, I'm not upset about them kissing at work especially because they're in private right so it's like fine yeah uh but don't get caught yeah because um all of those guys are gonna make fun of you even more they're gonna torture nancy the most too not only are they gonna try and get you fired because it's unprofessional but they're but they're also gonna make fun of you 100 percent. and they're like they'll like rib jonathan about it in a playful like good job yeah like if anything that'll like make him like more popular yeah right and then consider nancy a whore Exactly. exactly Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes in there and basically the dudes already aren't buying it. They say that Doris is crazy and that Nancy has good information, but they just just straight up don't take her seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says that lots of places are losing supplies. Like it's not just them, like not just uh, Doris. It's lots of places. Jake Busey drinks from a bicentennial cup. Uh, I read that on IMDb and apparently that's important. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so fertilizer, pesticides, cleaning supplies, diesel fuel, Lots of stuff that are high in chemicals are being taken. Mm-hmm. They call it her, like, that little story of yours. Shut up. Yeah. It's, it's so, so demeaning. condescending. That little story. Like, the, they're so demeaning to her. It's so rude. And, like, she's she's literally onto something. Like, she's onto the biggest, like, thing in this town right now. Like, mm-hmm. she. what are the other people at this newspaper writing about? That's what I like, want right. to know. Nancy is constantly pitching good ideas what are y'all what else are you guys writing about why do they have such a big Mm. newspaper for such a small town yeah yeah that's so many writers yeah (laughs) no that's true you're totally right about that it's a lot of writers for a small town like it should just be a newsletter i don't know why it's a newspaper 100 percent. like it really should be a newsletter Mm -hmm. so they're like so rats went crazy and are stealing chemicals and Nancy's like, yeah, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, which is why it's a good story and we should look into it. <laughs> Are, that- like, they're like, I'm only writing about other, about boring things. So all of your things should be boring for them to be in the newspaper. We have a boring quota. Honestly, yeah. Nancy's onto something because that would be primo clickbait in today's world. Yeah. 100%. Fully. So we kind of think that Tom is maybe standing up for her, but then he's like, write it into a Nancy Drew mystery, Nancy Drew. Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, real original. So they're like, next time a call comes in, just tell us. And it hurts because she, for some reason, had more faith in those men than Jonathan did. I think because you know? they had faith in their integrity as writers. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think like, Last episode, Jonathan had more faith in them thinking like, okay, well, maybe they'll believe us or like, you know, we just have to be nice or whatever. And then they'll believe us. But at this, like at this point, it feels like Nancy has more faith in them believing her than Jonathan does. Yeah. I yeah. think she believed in the system or the idea of journalism and they just do not. So Nancy makes coffee, which is her actual job. Um, she gets pranked with that fake rat. And I'm like, girl, this is toxic. Get out of there. You know what? The so women, sad. women at that time, they didn't have a choice. You had to put up, put yeah. up with the toxicity. It's just so sad we to like, watch her put have to do with. Yeah, because like she doesn't so have we, another option. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's because uh, I mean, I just go get a job at the mall or something. Like I know it's not in your like passions, but at least like you're not treated like crap there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I wonder, where are Stephen Robbins' manager? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. She's going to get treated like crap anywhere, probably. Yep. 
Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. Where are Stephen Robbins manager? Like, you never see them. Like, you gotta have somebody else. That's why that's the best job ever. Like, half the time, no one's even out there. <laughs> it's because they're unsupervised. Yeah, I think I said this um, in last episode of the episode before, but like, I think it's important. Nancy probably feels that it's important for her to stay so that she can make a statement mm -hmm. and say that like women can do it. I'm doing it so all women can do it. But also like, God, for my own like peace of mind, I'd be like, I don't even care. I just don't want to be here anymore. You know? Right. And I mean, there is an argument to be made for her sticking it out because like women who stuck it out and paved the way were the ones who like allow us the luxury to be able to like yeah. say, hey, no, I don't want to do that. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I just straight up, I don't blame the ones who gave up. Oh, fully. Not no. at all. You know? So Nancy interrupts Jonathan in the red room again, and I believe that's three times. So I want to see how many more times they do it, because three is the is the magic number. And she's like, let's give them the rat as proof. We'll go get it tested. And Jonathan's like, well, he asked for us to drop it, like not to get proof. And Nancy's like, I just really need them to believe me. Like, I don't even care if they want to do the story anymore. Just, just I just need them to know that I wasn't just spewing garbage. I think as women, we can absolutely relate to wanting someone to take us seriously because someone else made us feel crazy. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jonathan's like, listen, like, I agree that all these guys suck, but we should probably just let it go. I mean, sure, I guess. Like, if like I mean, he, you know, he's like, this is a really stupid thing to get fired over. And I'm like, listen, that's a good point. But also, like, maybe be nice. Yeah, like, <laughs> maybe take a chill pill. Just, I don't know. There are better ways to, like, talk to her about that than the mm -hmm. way he chooses. Yeah. So she's like, I don't think we'll be fired and I'm going to go without you anyway. And so he's like, uh, okay, I will go. Good for her. Um, and I think, I think this is a parallel to Jopper earlier in the episode. <laughs> I mean, not earlier in this conversation, but like earlier in the episode when Joyce is like, if you won't come to the lab with me, I'm going to the lab by myself and Hopper doesn't let her go by herself. And I feel like this is kind of a parallel to that. Uh, 100%. Yeah. I definitely agree. So they get to Doris's house and Jonathan's like, well, I guess she's not home. So I guess we better turn around. And Nancy's like, there's literally nowhere else she could be. So we're going to go in. Yep. Like Nancy has a good point. Like she's an old lady and it's pouring mm -hmm. rain. Like where, where is she going to go? Yeah. So she's like, well, she might be in trouble. So we're going to go in. And I know this is supposed to be like kind of funny because she's obviously just like looking for an excuse to break into this woman's um house. Right. But like. My grandma recently fell down her stairs and was stuck in her basement for like a few hours. What? And so, it, yeah. So if that were my grandma, I would not mind you going into her house. And uh, I don't think Doris would mind you going into her house to help her. No, because she's like, she's definitely in in trouble. Like she's in danger. Yeah. So they hear crazy, scary sounds and Mrs. Driscoll has gone insane. And uh, yeah, I think I've said this also previously in a previous episode, but like this lady kind of looks like my grandma. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that they 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 cast this woman who like looks like a real person, looks like somebody's grandma and then made her go like crazy is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, can I can't imagine being you and like having the experience that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. I like I when I was rewatching it today, I was like, all right. And now we're looking down at our phone for this part. <laughs> and everything's fine and no one can see a thing. Thank and, you. And nothing's happening and everything is fine. That's the Jancy storyline. That's it. That's it. Goodbye. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Next storyline is Jopper. Yes, I did the I did the uh summary. As the summary for the Jopper storyline. The summary. The summary. <laughs> I had I was really good at French there and then I turned into like Swedish or something. <laughs> so that's my bad. I liked one. both. Both is good. Jumper storyline. Storyline. There it is. There it is. Uh, the jumper storyline. There you go. <laughs> All right. 
<clears throat> so Hopper showers away his hangover and drinks some OJ straight from the jar. Uh, jar. Why did I write jar? Jar. Straight from the carton. When Joyce shows up on his doorstep, he confronts her about standing him up, but she's already really focused on showing her fancy magnet knowledge. Uh, unfortunately, the Duffers like sexist tropes, so Hopper is super jealous that she missed their date to learn about science from Mr. Clark. Joyce tells him that it's possible that a large magnet machine could be built, and she thinks that it might be them. The same them that took Will and experimented on Eleven. She wants to go to the lab, but he's still cranky about the date. She's not listening to him, though. She's going to the lab, and he has no choice to, but to join her. They break into the abandoned lab, and Joyce has PTSD flashbacks to when the Dimmadogs killed Bob, but Hopper pulls her back to reality. They go all the way down to where Elle closed the gate and see the wall covered in concrete. Hop tells her that it's over for good, but she's not out of her mind for feeling the way that she does. He tells her that it's important to him that she feels safe. He confronts her about wanting to leave Hawkins and putting her house on the market. Hop relates by telling her when he lost Sarah, he had to leave too, but he promises her that there are people in Hawkins who understand her and are there to support her. They hear a noise in the distance and head to investigate. It's the baddie that was hanging around the mayor's office. He beats the crap out of Hopper and then drives away on a motorcycle. The end. Also, quite a small uh, storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Just little, little nuggets in this episode. Small and Hopper yelling a lot. <laughs> so Hopper showers, takes pain meds because he's hungover. He drinks milk from the carton. And I understand that if you're living by yourself but and you're the only one who drinks milk. Maybe you're the only one that drinks milk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that <laughs> because... <laughs> Because uh, if you share your milk, that's rude. Don't do that. <laughs> so Eleven left a note to say that she's sleeping over at Max's, um, and I like the detail that her penmanship isn't very good because she's really only been like a person for a few years. And yeah. I don't think she's like she didn't learn to write until recently. She I wouldn't have... even think about that, and like she wouldn't be in school who where you learn to like model your fancy handwriting after your peers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not think about that. That's kind of cute. Yeah. So Joyce comes over to talk about the magnets and he says that he hasn't been stood up since Alice Gilbert in the ninth grade. And I'm like, listen, if it hasn't been since ninth grade, that's a pretty good, um, pretty good track record. That's a pretty good report card because, uh, the rest of high school. No, good for you. Good. Damn. All right. <laughs> so she shows him that the magnets don't work and says that she went to see Scott and expects Hopper to know his first name. And to be honest, it's a very small town and you're the sheriff, so you probably should know his first name. Yeah, you really ought to. He's like, do I need to know the name of every man named Scott? I mean, wasn't Mr. Clark new in town like the previous year, though? Potentially. The new guy in town. Because he had to be told about Hopper and Sarah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's like, he's really smart anyway. And she tries to explain what they did. She and then he's like really upset because he's like, you went to Scott's house instead of coming to see me. You didn't have a phone call and you didn't uh, apologize. You're not even apologizing now. And to be honest, I don't think that she remembered or or even noticed that he was upset until like just then. Yep. Yeah. But I also like he has uh, I was gonna say, he has no right to be jealous. Actually, he he does. Why? Because she, she blew him off. But like not on purpose. It wasn't. But he doesn't know that. I think after hearing her talk, it's pretty clear. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. I, d- I don't think she ha- sh- he should be jealous because it's clear she's not actually trying to date Mr. Clark. But I understand why he's mad. And I would also be mad. Maybe I'm just a grudge holder. <laughs> but I'd be like, okay, but you straight up forgot me. Like, it's yeah. not even about the oh, fact yeah. that you like, went to go see this other guy who you obviously don't have any romantic intentions for. It's just the fact that, like... That you forgot that we were gonna spend time together. You forgot and you didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Oh, that's totally fair. And you you forgot so hard that you didn't even remember until I told you. 
Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, and it's like, even if it's just your friend, you'd be like, why did you blow me off, dude? Yeah, that's a fair point. You went through a whole night, you slept soundly, and didn't even know- That I was suffering this whole time. That I, th- that this happened to me. But of course, after she realizes it, she totally acts chill about it, and she's like, what? Huh? What? I didn't do it on purpose. Well, if I act chill about it, maybe he'll be chill about it too. Sure, sure, sure. And he is not. So she's talking about how there's a could be a giant machine that's causing this and it might be them. And she's like, this is all that Scott Clark told me. And Hopper's like, wow, what a cool guy. Are you going to date him now? (laughs) Very cool. And he's like, no, it's impossible for it to be them. And she wants to go to the lab to prove that it's not them. And he's like, you want to go to this lab this place where all of us have PTSD mm-hmm. because magnets aren't working. Well, <laughs> well she, when you put it that way. <laughs> like, she needs to know, though. Like, she's... Yeah. Enough weird stuff has happened in her life that she's like, if they're back, I'm not risking it. Yep. Right. Like, I can't wait any longer. I need to know now or else it might be too late. Like, my literal child could be at stake here. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, all right, fine. We'll go. How about we meet there tonight at 7 p.m. and I'll totally show up. I won't forget. <laughs> Uh, Hopper's got jokes. He thinks that she just straight up chickened out and is in like inventing things as an excuse. And like, this is a really great monologue that would be like a really great kind of like confession of love if she was listening. Right. (laughs) But she's not. Um, I did notice that Eleven gets a door and Hopper just gets a curtain. And uh, I think it's like cute to see the like background details of like how much hopper really cares about 11 like she gets all the good things you know it's very sweet he's he's a sure is an up and down parent but he gets some things right mm-hmm. this is well, i'm gonna say it's relevant i like all last year i was re-watching the sweet life of zach and cody oh here we go <laughs> throughout like I, I like a long part of the show zach and cody share a room in the back of the hotel or like in the back of their hotel room and it never even, like, occurs to you where Carrie sleeps. Carrie's their mom. Yeah. It, it doesn't even, like, occur to you. Like, she must, oh, she must have another room or whatever until, like, they have an episode in which you learn that she sleeps on the couch. Yep. And, like, that's her, like, this isn't just a hotel room they're staying at. Like, this is their house. She, her active bed is, is the, the pull-out couch. Is the couch. That's deeply messed up. You know? And so, like, that, this just kind of, like, reminds me of this kind of, and, like, I mean, it's a kid's show, so you're just, like, oh, that's cool, you know? And then, you know, you rewatch it as an adult and you're like, Carrie, you deserve better. Yep. <laughs> I'd be like, I make Zach and Cody share a bed and you are also sleeping in that bedroom. Yeah, 100%. In my opinion. Yeah. But so this kind of reminded me of that where it's like, you've got these kind of like background details of like ways that you can see that Hopper gives up some of the, like some more luxuries so that Eleven can have it. If only one of them can have it, he always offers it to her. Agreed. That was a long way of saying, Hopper has a curtain instead of a door. That's really sweet though <laughs> that like he does that for her. I know, I like how long, long-winded it was. <laughs> yeah. So he says that it would be too much for her to move on from Bob and like it's literally a confession, but she is gone. She left. Uh, she went into his shed and is just like taking stuff and she's just gonna go without him. Um, and so he's like, uh, of course he's gonna go. I'm like, good for her. <laughs> she said, I'm taking these and I'm leaving. She's like, I'm going. And she's like, he just follows her so reluctantly, like pulling his shoe on is visual <laughs> yeah. comedy that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. David Harbour's so good at it. He really is. Also, shout out to his dad bod. I'm proud of that, man. Same. <laughs> so they go to the lab. I'm not really sure why there isn't more 
security. Like, it's straight up abandoned. And it doesn't really seem like there's been really any effort other than, like, putting concrete in the orifices right. to, like, clean anything. Orifices. No. Like, it hasn't been, um, like, refurbished at all. It's, like, mad abandoned. I mean, though. why pay for it if they were never going to use it again, right? Yeah. So Joyce goes in and she, you know, sort of has, like, a vision of what happened that night. And I just, like, wonder, since no one's tried to clean up anything, is Bob's blood still on the ground there? <gasps> Ew, maybe. Like, is it just, like, Bob's, like, dried blood on the ground? I bet that does not help. Oh, that's sad. However, I really like the, um, the like, journey of Joyce last season used to, like, ask so much about Will's PTSD. Mm-hmm. And now she kind of has some herself. Fully. Um, because... Yeah, Hopper had to explain to her that it was real and everything, right? Yeah, so she doesn't... Joyce has spent most of this show feeling crazy. Yeah. Um, so Hopper asks if she just wants to wait in the car. And I'm like, okay, Hopper, like, that's really, really nice, but you would not know what to look for at all. Exactly! Like, <laughs> he would go in and be like, there's nothing there, and then leave again. Yeah. But we still kind of see, like, these security cameras beeping, or, like, uh, red lights, I think, on them. So that kind of makes me think that someone maybe knows that they're there, and that's probably how, like, the that scary guy... I always just think of him as the scary guy with the toolbox, but maybe that's potentially how he knows that they're there. I know that he's, like, following them, so that could also be part of it, but... Yeah. Yeah. I wonder who would be watching those security cameras though yeah i don't know if that ever really comes back i'm not sure but this also kind of makes me think of a parallel to when they were in the security room um at the end of season two how like they were the ones in the security room yeah watching on the on the cameras then this this moment with the camera kind of transitions to the binoculars that steve is holding and so i just wanted to say that i really liked that transition yeah this episode they had a couple good ones that i was like nice Yeah. So they're walking around the lab and talk about how all of the cavities have been filled with concrete and that Hopper was there the day that they did it. And it's clear that like nothing is happening in the lab. Right. Um, And I don't think it is, right? All the stuff is happening in the mall. Why do you think Hopper was there? Probably to supervise. Oh, yeah. Just to like make sure it happened. I love those little gestures that he does to try and make sure that Joyce knows she's safe. It's so sweet. So it's true that nothing is happening at the lab, right? It's just the mall. Sam, if you remember. Uh, yeah, nothing's happening at the lab. It's just the mall, and then there's a farm, yeah. like, on the outer edges of town that Joyce and Hopper okay. find. Oh, right. Where there's, like, the experimental one. Um, but, like, the big stuff is underneath the mall. Because why not? So Joyce says that she feels really crazy, and um, Hopper says that he relates to her and said that he almost shot a dog recently because he thought it was a demodog. Yeah. And that's totally fair. Thank you for not shooting the dog, though. Yeah, thank goodness. And that that's what, that's what your police instincts are for. Like that's what your your time at the academy is for is to be alert, but when it's not a threat, don't shoot. Exactly. So many of them seem to miss that lesson. Yeah. Like at least Hopper understood it. Mm-hmm. So he says that he's been keeping an eye on things and he's sorry that like he maybe missed some stuff and it's important to him that she feels safe. And he's like, I mean, not like not just you, like you and your family also. Yeah, but like especially you. But it's like, boy, just tell her that you love her. Well, he's tried, but she's never listening. (laughs) Like earlier when he's like, oh, you want to move on, like moving on from Bob, he's finally like vocalizing the fact that the way he feels about her is is, like in a romantic sense. And she's just like not in the freaking room. Well, she's just so scared still because every person that she, well, what's his name doesn't count because he sucks. Um, (laughs) Lonnie. But like if she's so scared to love somebody again after Bob because Mm -hmm. something bad happened to him. Yeah. And then she goes and lets herself admit her feelings for Hopper at the end of the season. And then he effing dies. Straight up gone. Like, what is she? Of course she leaves. 
you know she has so mm-hmm. much trauma like she, joy that whole family needs a friggin' break but of course then it, we would not be entertained so yeah right <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing is that they give us a, a time jump in between each um season so everybody does kind of get a break in between we just never get to see right. it an extremely fair point um so he says that he learned that her house is going up for sale um and that she hasn't told will or jonathan yet he says that he left the city after sarah died because of all of the bad memories there but it's different here because you have people who know what happened and were there too and who like care about you here in hawkins and also here in this room mm-hmm <laughs> Right here, right in front of you. Just like, FYI, ha 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 ha. <laughs> and Joyce is like, oh yeah, like Scott Clark. Which is a fair funny joke. That was so joke. funny. Like, that- it is. She's like, sorry, it was bad timing. And I'm like, no, it was perfect no, timing. No, it was perfect timing, Joyce. Like, that should have been the end of the Scott Clark thing. That should have been the end yeah. of, jo- of Hopper's jealousy. He should have, like, yeah. had his moment to melt down about her missing the date. And, like, then gone on this, like, adventure date with her. And then laughed at the joke and then asked her out again. So true, Bestie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's allowed to make jokes about Scott Clark, so are you, Joy. Exactly. It's okay. So they hear some noise and we get like that, that cool shot of like a shadow of the gun, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopper thinks that he found somebody, but no one's in the room. But then it's the big scary guy who like attacks him. They fight. Hopper goes down. Joyce runs around looking for him, finds him on the ground, and we see the dude riding off. Hey, uh, just by the way, screw that dude. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. That, that's my contribution think, to this part. Hey, screw that dude. Do you guys think he was trying to kill Hopper? No. Uh, just, no, I just roughed him up. Okay. I, um... I think it would not be advantageous to kill Hopper. I do think it's incredible that Joyce manages to write down any of that license plate in the rain. Yeah. Right. I, um... I don't remember exactly what that guy's, like, job specifically is. Like, what his mission is when he's when he's following Hopper around. Mm-hmm. I think it's to keep them away from the lab, oh, okay. the, the actual mystery. Because gotcha. I was thinking if he was actually trying to kill Hopper, this might have been like the opportunity he was looking for. He sees that Hopper's vehicle's here, doesn't know that Joyce is there, and knows that nobody's coming here and nobody's going to find his body here. Yeah. So I'm like, if he was trying to kill Hopper, that would make sense. It would be a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it would be easy to do it then. Yeah. Well... <laughs> That's the uh, that's the Jopper storyline. That's the Jopper storyline. Do you guys have anything else to add um, before we move on? No, I, like I, I think my only thought on this is how much it bums me out. Like when we first watched it, I loved the Jopper stuff, and then watching mm-hmm. it back, I'm like, he's just so aggressive with her, and it yeah. kind of makes me sad. Like I, I still enjoy it, but it is it is a big bummer. Yeah. that um that they leaned so heavily into the sexist tropes after having him like learn so much the previous season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely still enjoy it for sure. I'm just well, waiting on my dropper kiss. Season four, don't let me down. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't believe they still haven't done that yet. If we don't get a big damn kiss, I'm gonna be up. Like, I just, I really want her to rescue him from Russian prison and mm-hmm. uh, plant one on him, you know? Like, how's Joyce gonna get to Russia? That's someone else's problem. You know, not mine. Yeah. Not my circus, not yeah. my monkey. Yeah. So before we move on to the next storyline, let's do everyone's favorite segment. Uh, actually? Uh, actually? I only have two for you this time. Aw, well, small. I'll take it. Really sorry about that. I'll allow it. Are any of them valid? <laughs> um, you, you, you decide. Okay, I will. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's been a couple weeks since I did these notes and I don't remember what they are. <laughs> 
Uh, actually, the LP being played is not a Don McLean record label. It is neither the original from 1971 on A&R, nor the 1980 re-release on Liberty. And American Pie on both versions is the first song, not near the end, as is shown on the record player. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Like, genuinely shut up. If the song fits, shut up. Also, like, they're just, okay. <laughs> like, it's using diegetic music, but also, like, they just wanted to fit the theme. Like, don't be mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares what track number, did it, number it is, you friggin' dork? Shut up! That's, like, paying way too much attention. Like, I respect you mm-hmm. for paying that much attention, because I, like, pay that much attention to other things, but, like, yeah. re- like give, give it a break. Yeah, like, to quote myself, shut up. <laughs> yeah. All right. And here's the second one. Uh, actually, the license plate on Billy's circa 70s car has three letters and then three numbers. The blue California license plates of this era had three numbers and then three letters. What? It's possible this could be a vanity plate, but vanity plates are not allowed to resemble a standard issue plate. I didn't know ca- California had it backwards because like in other states, and I think now in California, it is... Three letters and three, then three numbers. Mm. Well, back then, I guess it was three numbers and then three letters in California. Mm. Who is to say? Well, apparently this person who wrote that on IMDb (laughs) in the goof section. I don't have an issue with it. (laughs) Imagine going and being like, this is a goof. (laughs) You're like, "Uh, uh, well, back in my day. (laughs) Yeah. Back when I was driving around California. So the next storyline that we're going to do is the Scoops Ahoy storyline. And I did the summary for that one. Yay. Can you believe it? Me doing the, the summary for the Scoops Ahoy storyline? Oh my I'm God. honestly freaking shocked. Yeah. Shook it. All right. Erica demands more ice cream as Robin listens to Russian on her headphones. Steve and Dustin use binoculars to search for Russians. And Steve sees a girl he knows talking to a guy who is less cool than him. Dustin tells him to date Robin, but Steve lists all the things that he doesn't like about her. (laughs) Dustin tells him to date someone he likes rather than someone who will make him cool. Steve tells him to stop giving advice and just take advice. Dustin spots a guy who looks like what they're looking for. They awkwardly follow him just to find out that he's a jazzercise instructor. In the store, Robin gets a delivery from Lynx Transportation. She runs into the center of the mall and cracks the code by looking around at all the different stores. Later, they spot the delivery from the code, but make noise. Dudes with guns come after them, but they get away. Dun dun dun! So Erica rings the bell and goes, ahoy, ahoy. I think that kid is so funny. I love that she just like lives at the mall. Excuse me, ahoy. Yeah. Ahoy, give me free ice cream. Robin's listening to Russian to try and figure this out. And she is just so much more valuable than anything the other two could possibly do. Um, She refuses to give Erica any more samples. And she's like, where's the sailor man? He'll give me free samples. He's like, he's busy spying on people. Call my friend. (laughs) Steve doesn't know what an evil Russian looks like. uh, But he notices that Anna Jacoby's getting with Mark Lewinsky. Oh, man. Whatever happened to standards? Mark Lewinsky. That's some hot goss, man. (laughs) Like Steve's like, I'm a way better basketball player than that guy. And I'm like, have you considered that basketball playing is not the only thing people are looking for? That's why Steve's like, that's why everybody likes Billy, because he's better at basketball than me. That's the only possible reason. (laughs) I'm like, I got to tell you, that's never been a factor for me. You guys, don't you know? Baby, did you ever play basketball? Yes, I did. Oh my god, me too! In like elementary school. I played like on an actual team. I did too in elementary school. Me too! Basketball was never my sport. Yeah. That's why I don't have a boyfriend. Basketball is the one I dropped the most quickly. I I kept volleyball and softball up through like middle school. Mm-hmm. 
and then dropped those when I got to high school. But yeah, I dropped basketball like immediately. My mom made me try everything. I had volleyball, basketball, underwater hockey, soccer, like any extra Celtic dancing, jazz, tap, ballet, any extracurricular band. I She had us in everything. And I'm like, why would you do this to me? I'm an introvert. <laughs> Which is funny because my parents who met playing baseball um, and like just play baseball literally their entire lives were like, you simply must go into baseball. And it's like, uh, we aren't going to make you do anything else, but you have to do baseball. <laughs> well, fair enough. I did soccer too. I love soccer. But I was always a baseball girl. That was the one thing I liked doing. I'm like, am I a baseball girl because I like baseball or because I've been conditioned to like baseball? Um, I think it's because I like baseball because baseball is a great sport. I like, I like, sport. I like watching baseball because it's very peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's a very slow game. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, baseball, like the rules of baseball are very simple and easy to understand. You know? Exactly. They're way easier than football. Yeah. And you always know exactly where everyone is. Like, like where, where each of the teams lie. You know, you can look down at the field and you're like, okay, well, they, all they need is runs and they have loaded bases. So they're really close to getting runs and that's good. (laughs) <laughs> and and i know that anyway we're talking about basketball <laughs> i don't know what a run is anyway you guys a run that's the points that you get in baseball basketball is the same as winning the vietnam war anyway we're recording this during march madness and i'm really hoping that the zags actually win the ncaa like tournament this year otherwise i'm gonna go insane it's really important for me to know that you know that a run is a point what the points are called in baseball why don't they just say point then it's called a run i don't know because a home it says a home run yeah like a home run is like the point yeah run. Oh! you have to run back to home well all right i learned something and today. a home run is when you hit it <laughs> and you get all the way home no i got i got that i knew that one okay, okay. I, I watched that one baseball x-files episode exactly i understand baseball oh, sure Uh, so Steve is like clearly the only thing that women are looking for is prowess at basketball so I'm upset because I'm better at basketball than this tell me you don't know anything about women without telling me you don't know anything about women Yeah. So Dustin says that he's really bad at spying. And I'm like, okay, or is he really good at spying? Because I think he's doing a great job. He has some hot goss about Anna and Mark. Oh, you know what? That's true. He does know more than you think he would. Like he, you know, he's not spying on the thing that you want him to spy on, but he he is getting information. Right. It's just not important to your thing at all. He's got, he's got some tea, but like, yeah. it's not relevant tea, but he's doing something. Yeah, it's just not what you want so dustin thinks that he should date robin and he's like well she's not my type like not not even like close don't worry buddy you're not her type either exactly that's the exact joke that emily made this morning when we were rewatching. <laughs> <laughs> when you're gay and you all make the same jokes because you're all yeah. dorks she's still in school which means that she's one year younger than him uh-huh. and she's and she's weird and not only does he say she's weird he says she's weird she's a weirdo she's weird she's a weirdo i wrote that down Uh, literally sam and i looked at each other we went oh (laughs) in what world in what world is that not a riverdale reference it has it has to be be. like it literally is a riverdale reference no but like that line was a cultural dunking moment there was yes no way that you missed that cultural meme (laughs) because that line is Mm -hmm. so awful i actually genuinely think it's a riverdale reference i don't see how it couldn't be i i'm with you absolutely i'm there's the stranger things writers are pretty red into twitter there's no way that wasn't yeah yeah so she's one year younger than him and she's hyper and i'm like that's weird because she doesn't seem hyper to me but okay she's not hyper at all maybe hyper had a different meaning did hyper have a different meaning in the 80s or something i don't know let me like 
Let me give that a goog. Because, like, un- with my understanding growing up in rural Alberta, I guess, hyper meant that you were just, like, really, really excited mm-hmm. and super, super, like, um, energized all the time. Very energetic. Enthusiastic. Yeah. That's what hyper always meant to me. And she doesn't seem like that at all. No. <laughs> I think Sam's going to look up to see if hyper ha- has had different meanings. Um, but she also is in band and did drama. So who? no one likes that. And I'm like, okay. How dare you? Okay, got it. So if I want to date Steve, don't be in drama and don't be named Robin. I guess I'm out. Crap. Well, Shoot. you know what? I'm also out on account of um, I was in band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least your name isn't Robin. Are you hyper? Uh, are you a weird? Are you weird? Are you a weirdo? Does ADHD? I am a weirdo, but does ADHD count? I don't know. What does the H stand Hyperactivity. for? Hyperactivity. <laughs> You're out. You're out, man. <laughs> what does the H stand for? <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful moment for us. <laughs> so Dustin's like, well, you seem to pay a lot of attention to what she does, and you seem to know a lot about her. And I'm like, listen, I love this because I love the drama of him being like, actually, you clearly do care about mm. her. Um, but also, like, he spent time with, like, basically only her for, like, a couple of months. Yeah. So it makes sense that he would know those they things. They have formed a close relationship because they are yeah. both working at the same weird job. Mm-hmm. So Dustin, in an absolute clutch move, is like, hey, you're an adult now, so stop worrying about popularity. And I'm like, sir, what are you, 15? Good job. Okay, but like total T. Yeah. And Steve's like, well, you learned that at camp. And Dustin's like, I learned that from life. (laughs) Good for him. I'm experienced, bro. Like this, this show is like a drama show that has very dramatic moments at times. But they spent a whole lot of time on this conversation between Steve and Dustin. And I thank them for that. It's a cute conversation. Like there's a lot of comedic moments throughout the throughout the show. But like this is your comedy duo. This is it. And they know it. But also like kids in do not have toxic masculinity. And, like, Mm -hmm. Steve is unlearning all of that. So Dustin is, like, actively, accidentally making him unlearn that toxicity. It's really cool. Right, because I bet he learned a lot of that from his crappy dad. Precisely. Mm -hmm. And, like, high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, Tommy H. and Billy. Tommy H. So Dustin's like, you should date someone that you actually like, not someone who's going to make you cool. You know, like like me and Susie. (laughs) Steve's like, well, you got Susie with my advice. So I'll give you advice. You don't give me advice. Also, but how would he even know that they both went to the same dorky camp? Yeah. It's like saying that my like, I my dating prowess landed me, Sam, when it was really that we were both super into Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. You know? I think Steve's like, well, hey, you weren't pulling any women before I gave you advice, so I assume that you uh that you did it. So you're mm-hmm. welcome. Yeah. But I do have to say, Steve, like I know that he's like like jilted right now and he's like, I don't want to hear this from you. But I do have to say, you're not his mentor. You're <laughs> his friend. And he's your friend, so friends can take advice from friends. It's okay that he's younger than you. I actively ask my friends for advice. Not that I don't trust my own opinion, but just that I really like to have an informed opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like I said before, in the Jopper storyline, it kind of, like, transitions from that security camera, which is also spying on people. Multiple spying lenses here. So much snooping. Dustin sees a blonde guy with sunglasses and a duffel bag, literally just like he said. Um, So they follow him a little too closely. Mm-hmm. And then Steve runs into someone who exclaims, which makes the guy almost turn around. Um, and then we have the absolute incredible moment of Dustin picking up the phone and going, hello, I am on the phone. <laughs> I am certainly on the phone. I am using this phone because I know how to use the phone. <laughs> and someone is speaking to me <laughs> using this phone. 
there is a real person at the other end. So it turns out that the guy is actually just a jazzercise coach and it's a boombox inside of his duffel bag. And I do have to say, dude, why were you wearing sunglasses inside though? That was a little sus. Cause I wear my sunglasses <laughs> inside <laughs> so, I can, so I can get these weird kids to spy on me. <laughs> So Robin continues working on the code and she gets delivery from Link's transportation. Uh, and of course, Link's equals Silver Cat. And Steve and Dustin are going to tell Robin what just happened because ha 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 jokes, ha 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 funny. <laughs> but now, and I thought, oh, she's running out because now that Steve is back, she can run out because there always needs to be someone in the store. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's good. But then Steve and Dustin find her after and I'm like, someone needs to be in the store. Erica is going to get back there and steal all your ice cream. Like someone needs to be in there. And like in that case, good for her. That's what I yeah. find hysterical about workplace comedies is just mm-hmm. the the sheer disregard for the workplace. Mm-hmm. And it's yes. like, honestly, I get it. Capitalism blows. Yeah. So she sees Chinese food, shoe store, and then the clock has blue and yellow hands. So like I was I was with her, you know, on like Silver Cat, China, and then Tread Lightly and everything. I was like, okay, yeah, I can see it. But as soon as you see blue meets yellow in the West and you see that clock, you're like, oh, wait, no, she's got it. Yep. Like my favorite part of this sort of plot line is the absolute hilarity that she's solving this thing in the mall and it's about the mall. I love it. Right. And all of and all the people around her are like, girl, is this girl okay? She's literally in a sailor costume and like looks to be in some sort of trance. Okay, but like <laughs> our lives are so weird now. If I saw someone doing that, I'd be like, all right. Yeah, sure. That's th- that's their business. I've seen worse things in downtown Vancouver. I'd be like, what is this girl looking at? <laughs> like, are you okay? Tune into our uh, upcoming Lost podcast to hear about that story. Yeah, if you'd like to hear the weirdest thing I've seen so, well, Robin and I experienced so far, uh, listen to that. Oh no, did you guys talk about those leash people? Yes! (laughs) The leather daddies and their leather pet. Yeah. Yike. My favorite thing is like the fact that that's the weirdest thing we've seen and I've been living in Vancouver five years. Mm -hmm. Mm Kind of wholesome. That's good. Yeah. So uh, Steve and Dustin find her. She says that she cracked the code. And then they go and watch the deliveries later when blue meets yellow in the West, which is about there around 845 is when they're there. Because the West is like the the West part of the clock. If you were looking at um, if if you were looking at the clock as a compass. Yeah. That's in the West. So 945. Yeah, basically, yeah. but they're there, but yeah. Or three. But I think like when, but when we see the clock, it's about 845, so I'm not sure. Uh, well, close enough. I think they've maybe just been out there in the rain for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's straight up pouring rain. Um, they find the shipment, but the people around it are like super, super armed. Um, and they put that specific box in a special room with more boxes. <laughs> and I put that box in another box. Steve and Dustin, who are totally incapable of just about anything, Start fighting over the binoculars and they make too much sound. <laughs> so, so dumb. bad at this. And now the people are looking for them. This was not a problem 10 seconds ago. It's genuinely so embarrassing how bad they are at it. Honestly, if I was Robin, I'd be like, listen, I want to know the answer, but like not enough to get killed. And uh, maybe I just need to find some other accomplices. Yep. So then we get the moment where Steve and Robin are hiding and they're holding hands. And I'm like, I, and I, you know, I think when the first time I was watching it, I was like, ooh, I love it. Yay. Oh, look, the drama. And, you know, rewatching it, I'm like, ah, you tricksters. Uh, you got me. You got me, writers. Uh, you got me there. <laughs> and then, so yeah, they get away and they're back inside the mall. Um, and that's that storyline. Done. 
There it is. Yeah. The next storyline is of the boys. I'm really excited to talk about it, but let's talk about Patreon first. Okay, you can. Patreon. Um, Brittany? What's Patreon, you guys? Brittany, tell me. Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Oh, like how much? Well, like if we're your favorite creators, which like, that's cute. Um, you can start at a dollar on a month. It's like nothing. It's like a dollar. It's like pocket change. Yeah. What do I get for that? Do I get any like perks? For like a dollar, um, you get early access to our podcast by at least a day. Oh, what about this podcast in particular? Um, this one goes out like really early and Robin's going to tell you how early. A week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and so what if I want to spend more than a dollar a month? Then you get more stuff. Like what? Well, <laughs> like... <laughs> I guess you could get, like, um, my brain just blinked out. <laughs> no, 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 I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna, shut up. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna remember our own Patreon perks that I've been repeating over and over for a few years now. Okay. okay. I believe in you. Thank you. Um, so you could get uh, a discount to the shop that uh, Robin and I run called shopdeluxe.com. You get a 10% discount. Oh, cool. You also get a postcard each year, and last year we did stickers, and I'm thinking... More fun stuff this year, and I've forgotten all the rest. Well, are the is there anything like brand new that's coming out soon? Maybe next next month. Actually, oh yeah, when this comes out. I think it will be coming out this month. Yeah. So like, okay. So wait, I remembered this part too because I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. I remembered that we are going to have like our own Discord server, and um, we're gonna have a Patreon only podcast, like a little short podcast where we talk about whatever we want because it's our podcast and not yours. Mm-hmm. And um, other exciting things that I can't remember. No, that's basically it. Um, and then uh, what if I don't really want to pay monthly, but I do want to get something like maybe I could pay more for maybe I could pay more um, at one time so I don't have to pay monthly. Oh, yeah. You can do an annual subscription as opposed to monthly because it does have your money overall. I'm not month of an annual person because at no time do I ever have upfront money. But if you have mm. upfront money, it'll save you money in the long run. Oh, well, that sounds great. And uh, what if I can't? do that um then you can just spread the word about our cute little podcast um that would be cool yeah and if uh if you want to we're gonna talk about our four other podcasts in the outro okay so um then you will have so many options to recommend to a friend and if this is the only one that you listen to maybe check out the other ones that we have and i'll also have a script there so i won't (laughs) forget any of it i've been doing this for so long but i gotta tell you None of it sticks. <laughs> I'm really excited to talk about this storyline for uh, several reasons. Oh, okay. Really excited. Is it because you're a simp? What? What do you mean? Oh, no, this is... Oh, no, we've already done Steve. Yeah. <laughs> wow, just call me out like that, huh? I mean, am I, I wrong? No, I'm definitely a simp, just privately. <laughs> Love that for you. Yeah. For just, like, a whole myriad of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I also did the storyline for the boys. So, uh, welcome back to another Watch We Struggle. Oh my god. <laughs> so, Will is sick and tired of being ditched by his friends for their girlfriends, so he institutes a day without girls. All he wants to do is play D&D. Let my boy play D&D! Will the Wise pitches a new campaign to Mike and Lucas. Will puts a lot of work into the campaign, but Mike and Lucas just half-ass it to the point that Will's just done spending time with him, and he storms out. Mike follows him out and tries to apologize, but Will lets all his anger out at Mike for ruining the party. Mike tells Will that it's not his fault that he doesn't like girls and there is a significant pause afterward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mike basically 
tells Will that this was inevitable as gently as he can, and then Will rides away mourning their childhood. Lucas and Mike ride their bikes to Will's house to apologize, but he doesn't answer. He's at Castle Byers reliving old memories of the good times he had with his friends and feeling stupid for wanting to hang on to them. He destroys the castle in his grief and anger. That's it. That is it. Yeah, so it's raining outside. This is after Eleven sees them, so we will talk about (laughs) that Um, in the other storyline because it's from Eleven's perspective. Mm -hmm. Then it's the morning and they're wearing the same thing. So they slept in their clothes and it looks like Lucas slept on the ground. Like, I don't not, is this a teenage boy thing where like you can just sleep wherever just in filth? That's just kids. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I definitely remember as a kid being able to like sleep in the clothes that I came over in. 100%. Mm. Like, that's not a problem. Like now it is because I don't want to sleep in pants whatsoever ever mm-hmm. in my life um yeah. <laughs> but i th- yeah, yeah that, that is n- has never been a thing for me but i understand that uh, i could be an outlier yeah no as a child i definitely definitely did she's this. an outlier and yeah. so not i have been counted but i'm also like where's karen like at one point at what point is like <laughs> uh in season one karen was like okay mike guys can't play D for 10 hours well i think that's because it was like school um yeah that's true time in season one and it's summertime now so like and they're older yeah. so she's like do whatever you want i don't care yeah <laughs> so will wakes them up and he's dressed as will the wise and we get this fantasy music and i respect the heck out of this he's like hey mike is usually the dm if he's not gonna dm then i'll dm and you know being a dm is so much work i am so proud of him that he takes takes it into his own hands. right and he's very very into it because he has to be or else they won't do it exactly it's not fun if like your players aren't like also just as enthusiastic and like into it enthusiastic as you exactly yeah Yeah. so he's like it's a day free of girls your villagers are under threat from an evil force from the swamps of kuzatan and Mike's like, um, it's too early for this. And he's like, it's early? Were the villagers saying it's early when uh, the monsters came knocking down their door and they said, excuse me, it's early. And what did the monster say? No, no, okay, I'm so sorry. I'll come back at 10. Is that what the monster said? <laughs> so Lucas asks to shower first and Will is probably like, that's fine. It, You smell terrible, I assume. I mean, probably. So it rains, they play D&D and Mike is still wearing that shirt that he wore yesterday. (laughs) The thunder they hear is not the thunder, it's the zombies. And they are really half-assing it while Will is just whole-assing it. Yeah. Will's putting in so much work and they're just like, yeah. Like, uh, he's putting in an an ass and a half. Yeah. To be honest. and a half. Mike gets bit by a zombie and he, like, pretends to be upset. And Lucas and Mike just, like, laugh and make Will feel bad. Do you guys not even... It's like, I understand just making jokes, but, like, can't you tell that you're making him upset? Like, at what point do you not have the, like, understanding of the people around you? This is one of your best friends. Yeah. Like, like I understand making the joke and being like, oh, sorry, Will. But they straight up just laugh and then, like, don't apologize and don't even, like, notice that he felt bad about Agreed. it. Agreed. So the phone rings and Will tells them to leave it, but they both get up to answer it. And it was just a telemarketer. So now the like magic is broken. And they're like, maybe we should just call them. And Mike's like, oh, I didn't even know that was an option. I think I think that's what Mike said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will tries to remind them of the game. And Mike is like, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set fire to the chambers, kill the zombies and ourselves. And we'll save the people and we'll be remembered as heroes. All right. And like, that's a great ending to the story. But like, it's the ending. Yeah. So Will's like, you killed the whole campaign right there. Okay, great. Congrats. Never mind. Okay, you win. I guess it's over. I'll go home then. Whatever. It's quite literally my drag. It's like, I get it. Okay, you're not having fun. 
I'll leave, I guess. Sorry for being your friend. I'm like, Mike, do you even have any spell slots left? Maybe you should check. <laughs> so then they're like, oh, well, Will, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. No, you're not. No. You are absolutely not kidding. Have they even played D&D the entire summer, I wonder? Probably not. Um, Probably not, because they were all too busy with their girlfriends. It just makes me so sad that Will has been has been being like, can we just play D&D for like months? Here's the thing. Get a girlfriend who wants to do those things with you. Yeah. Thank you. So, so, um, well, Will doesn't like girls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I meant in general life advice. Not for- Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So they're like, oh, no, Will, it's okay. We'll keep playing. And it's like, I don't want your pity. Like, now, see, now you're not even playing because you want to play. You're playing because you think it'll, like, make me feel better. And that, like, that also feels gross. Exactly. Right. I'm going to go home. So it's straight up still just pouring rain and Will's just going to take his bike. Mike tries to apologize and he's like, oh, it's a really cool campaign. We just, like, don't feel like it right now. I'm like, okay. Like, when are you ever going to feel like it again? And Will's like, you never feel like it. Yeah. You know? So then Will brings up something that we've been wondering, which is like, where's Dustin? Mm-hmm. Like, we know where Dustin is, but like, you don't know. You don't care where Dustin is. And if he's off doing something else, I don't freaking blame him. I wish I had other friends to go do stuff with. Yep. T. But I'm always the one who's possessed. So I don't have any other friends to make. <laughs> and I can't so. exactly tell any new friends that um I get possessed from time to time. Yeah, exactly. Like no one else, you know, like Hopper said, well, at least you have some people who like know what happened to you and can like understand you and and help you along with that will is being treated like crap by those people and there's no one else that he can turn to exactly sucks what do you do when those friends don't care about you anymore Mm -hmm. and he's like are you trying to lose everything that we all had just to kiss 11 cool and then mike says the iconic line it's not my fault you don't like oh god it's so good here's the thing (laughs) this part kind of makes this makes me a little bit mad Noah and Finn have both said that this isn't necessarily about Will's sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but it is. What other reading is there? But it is. How how, how could, could it, it not, not be? be? Right. Exactly. I have like what okay, then tell me what it's about. I have no idea what else could this could possibly be about. Right. It makes no sense to be about anything but this. Exactly. Like that's what it's about. Like they're I feel like they've only said that because the writers are like, don't tell them anything. Right. Don't say that it's right, about right. the thing because if we acknowledge it, they don't want to commit to it. Then we have to like mm-hmm. prove it. Right. Like if they acknowledge that it is about his sexuality, then they have to like in the next season give him a boyfriend or tell right. have him figure out that he's ace or like you know yeah. they have to like keep going. I really love the moment though. Like it's such a like a mic drop. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like, oh, God, do I ever love those moments where someone says something and like didn't mean to say it or whatever. And then everybody just goes and just like looks at each other for a moment. It's like those are the best moments in television. So true, Bestie. I love it so much. And then Mike goes, listen, I don't mean to be a jerk. And I'm like, well, that sure was some jerk like behavior, bud. You don't mean to be a jerk? Because um, I'm pretty sure that was kind of your whole agenda here was to just to be a Mm -hmm. dick enough to get Will off your back. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't even think he was like trying to like consciously be a jerk but he's just he was being so selfish that like he didn't even think about how he was hurting will yeah and um so yeah it was it was his own selfishness that like ruined it for him yeah so true and the way that he the way that he says it 
really implies that it's not words that he just thought up just then. Like it's something that he's been thinking mm-hmm. of for a long time. Yeah. And and when he says it, he doesn't even get like taken aback by his own words, which is what would make me think that, oh, I don't mean to be a jerk. He's just like, mm, yeah, we've all been thinking about it. So I just put it into words. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And like, but it, it reveals something that Will is either, has either expressed in like, which I don't think that he's like, explicitly expressed it in any way probably not it is but it's either that he explicitly expressed it and like asked mike never to bring it up right or they've all it reveals something about will that will's not ready to like know about himself precisely Mm -hmm. yeah I think that, you know, when you see a lot of those scenes that I was talking about, those ones where, like, someone says something and then everyone just kind of, like, stops for a second and, like, looks, mm-hmm. that's usually, like, when someone says, when it's a love confession, you're like, oh, what? Um, but when it's, like, something like this where someone just, like, brings up something that's really hurtful, what's usually, what it's usually preceded by is, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I really shouldn't have said that. I cannot believe I did that, you know? And instead, Mike just goes, I don't mean to be a jerk, but, uh, yeah, that's what I said, you know? And, like, that sucks. You're like, mm-hmm. okay. Cool, thanks. I don't blame Will for leaving at all. No. I'm surprised that, like, he still hangs out with them. Right. I, I feel awful for him. After that. Yeah. It's, like, something that Will, I assume, has been, like, trying to hide, potentially. And then, like, this is not only Mike being mean, but also a, like, him learning that the masking that he's been doing hasn't worked. Yeah. And how long has Mike known? Exactly. <gasps> exactly. Like, because this is because this is the 80s. Like, he could be really um, embarrassed about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not only that, but, like, this is around the time of the AIDS crisis as well. And, like, he's pretty yeah. young, too. So, like, mm-hmm. he may not even, like, completely, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, like. I, I, I know what you say. Oh, I know what you're trying to say. You're, I think what you're trying to say is that, like, um, when you're that young and you start getting those, like, sort of, like what's the word like proclivities mm-hmm. um you're like well i'm still young you know like so maybe I, it could change to where it's supposed to be or like maybe this is normal for everybody to feel this way and then i'm gonna like move into liking girls soon right i always figured there was a time in my life where i was gonna just figure out that yeah i really like guys and i only like guys and, and i was like well yeah. that's funny <laughs> and it's like like eventually he was he could like sorry i just don't like girls yet but he's also like mm-hmm, exactly it could be like that he's just figuring out that he doesn't like girls in in realizing that he's different than his friends and like saying that could make him realize that he might be gay and like that's probably terrifying and if especially if he's never thought about it before Mm -hmm. because he lives in rural indiana yeah if it's not or even if it's just like something unspoken that he only thinks in his head yeah it's really scary to have it finally be like out in the open and out in the actual world like I, you know, you like don't just don't even want to say it because then that makes it true. Exactly. So Mike is like, oh, sorry, we're not kids anymore. Did you think we were never going to get girlfriends? We were just going to play in the basement forever. And Will was like, kind of. I was like, I that would have been nice. Answer. Like, I mean, he lost so much of that time. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not done. He still wants to be a kid. And like, these kids are in such a hurry to grow up. And it's like, I get it. But you... Of all of them, I think Will has the most wisdom, which is we need to take advantage of this time now because we'll never have it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that Will has been through like a big, long trauma and he lost a lot of time and everything, like I said. But if I could be the devil's advocate to talk about Ace Will for a second, if you don't mind. Yes, please. You should. I think, that he's, I think that he's definitely being coded as gay and a lot of people are talking about it like that, which is totally fine with me. There's There's been a couple of, of like hints on asexuality to me as an asexual person 
um, who grew up as an asexual person, mm-hmm. not even knowing that that was really an option. And like I said, I know that he's been through a trauma. He's lost a lot of time. So it makes sense that he would want to go back to his childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was in like high school, when I was in hi- when I was his age, um, not being interested in sex at all, um, I was seen as innocent and childlike mm-hmm. and, and like just kind of like. I don't want to say that people saw me as, like, lesser than or anything, but I just, like, wasn't on the same caliber as a lot of people uh-huh. who, like, were willing to talk about that sort of stuff and, like, were willing to, like, do that sort of stuff. Right. So I just, like, I really see myself in that sort of of thing, and I don't think they're going to do it because, like, nobody talks about it. Right. So, like, why why would this big Netflix show talk about it? I mean, like, I mean, I know Sex Education had this whole thing on it, but, like, that's because it was a show, like, kind of, like, about all of the different diversity. But, so, I don't see it happening here. But I just wanted to say that, like, uh, I've seen a lot of clues that could potentially point to that sort of thing. And I see myself in this moment of being, like, I just wanted to keep doing the fun thing. And you're the one, you guys are the ones who are, like, making it awkward and making it about weird stuff. I think that'd be cool. I think it would be cool, too. I, d- I don't see it happening, but I I would like it. Yeah. Like, I wish they would. I personally headcanon him as asexual homo romantic. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. People people always forget that you can. You can be both. You don't have to yeah. match. That, uh, that the two, um, that the two, uh. They're not mutually exclusive. Sort of, like, sliding exclusive. things. What, what are those called? Huh? Like, the two sliding. Scale? Scale. Man, someone just used it on Twitter. What was the word? Spectrum. Spectrum, spectrum, spectrum. Um, like the two, the two spectrums. The there are several spectrums. I have done way too much research on this, but <laughs> but the main there two. Are several spectrums, but the main two are the sexuality spectrum and the romantic attraction um, spectrum. And uh, you don't have to match. And it's hard when you don't match because um, you always have to explain yourself to people. Mm-hmm. Because if I just tell people that I'm attracted to men, then people think I'm straight, but I'm not straight. And, and I belong on the queer spectrum. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or I, I belong under the umbrella. Sorry for anybody who's aphobic and doesn't think that's true, but it is. But yeah, so like you don't have, the two things don't have to match. And it's not even just necessarily in the asexual spectrum uh, or the aromantic spectrum that you don't have to match. You can also not match in several different ways, you know? So even if you say like you were bisexual, but you're, um, you're like homoromantic, you know? So like, you could be sexually attracted to both or any gender, um, but only romantically attracted to women. Yeah, oh, that's totally me. Or something like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's just so much, like, self-reflection. And also, um, you don't even have to put yourself on a spectrum if you don't want exactly. to. Exactly. I, I, I think that being, that, that figuring out where you are on the spectrums are, is so helpful. Like, to me, as, like, I want to have, like, an identity that I can, um, like, put into words. But mm-hmm. you don't have to have it. But also, if you don't want to, you don't have to either. Like, a lot of people just use queer, and that's also yeah, fine. Yeah, like, you that's can one of my be a person. Yeah, like, gay as an umbrella term is, like, the thing I'm most comfortable with. Mm. So, yeah, I think I, I totally agree, Sam. The headcanon that I have for him also is asexual, um, homo-romantic, ram- but that's definitely, they're just going to call that gay. Yeah, yeah. For sure in the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my, I guess that's my long rant about Ace Will. <laughs> I support you. Thank you. So uh, Mike and Lucas ride to Will's to apologize, but he's not there. He's in Castle Byers. And Will is just kind of like remembering the good times because he missed a lot of it. Yeah. So he's remembering the small amount of good times that he had. And um, that poor little bean didn't have his childhood. He was robbed. <laughs> and then if I could do another small rant, if you don't mind. Sure. Just uh, being a nerd. What? So, yeah, this is the first time that I finally get to talk about um, this thing that I've been obsessed with for like two weeks. You? 
obsessed with the yeah. thing. Yes, and I, I want to talk about it on this podcast because this show is about D&D. It's true. <laughs> so I can talk about it. I haven't seen Critical Role, which I think is the the other like main like thing of this on online, which is like just people playing D&D, like professional D&D player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching Dimension 20 from College Humor, uh, specifically Fantasy High. They have lots of different campaigns, but the first season of Fantasy High is on YouTube. So you can watch that for free. Um, and be my friend and talk to me about it. Basically, it's just like these uh, uh, professional improvisers mm-hmm. playing D&D. And it's like uh, they all go to this fantasy high school. They call it like jo- if John Hughes wrote like a fantasy book, basically. Nice. It's so fun. And it has like the best characters. And the DM, his name is Brennan. And he is incredible. Sometimes he'll improvise lines that I'm like, a whole writer's room had to brainstorm that. Oh. Yeah. How did you just think of that in your brain? Anyway, he's incredible. But now I know, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, also, I don't know a lot about the different versions of D&D. Like they could be playing a like an earlier version of D&D that they play on fantasy high or anything yeah i only know really what i know from having watched over i want to say over 30 hours of them playing <laughs> DD on there but <laughs> there <laughs> we get a clip of them in season one mm-hmm. going against the thessal hydra and he he goes <laughs> sorry he casts fireball uh-huh. fireball and he gets a 14 and that hits all right so the, the Thessal Hydra's AC is 14. <laughs> the Thessal Hydra's armor class is 14. You're telling me that this is the end of your campaign and your main villain has an AC of 14? Is that low? I mean, for a, for like the big boss at the end of your campaign, it is. Oh. They must maybe, like potentially they're like a low, like a low level. Like it seems like they've been playing for a really long time. So they'd be really high level. Um, like if if you're in like level six, then you have more and more like mod modifications. So like you would get like plus sevens on stuff the higher level you go. So like the Thessal Hydra's AC potentially like B twenty. Oh, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's like does nineteen hit? No, you need to get higher than that. Anyway, I just like was watching it and I was like, wait, the Thessal Hydra's AC is too low for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other um. So that's my other rant that I wanted to make about this storyline. If you guys like D&D uh, and like jokes and uh, improvisation and stuff, I recommend Fantasy High. It's like my favorite thing right now. <laughs> uh, so bummer, but um, Will cries and destroys Castle Byers. Oh, that's it's so sad. And not not only not only is that memories of his friends, but he also like built that with Jonathan. Yeah. And like he has like memories out there with his mom. Like it's... <laughs> He's so huge, sad. I'm like, I know you're upset, but like, do we have to destroy Castle Byers? No. Like, I know, like, I think that the symbolism is that he's like trying to destroy this innocence that he's being made fun of for. Mm-hmm. But I still, it still makes me sad. Lastly, Will gets neck shivers because basically because of Billy and the other storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and Lucas find him and he basically says that the Mind Flayer is back. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Um, so yeah, they're like, whoa. Our fun episodes of like just little fun stuff are over. Yep, we are done with the nonsense. Creepy. It is time for the big story. Time for the creepies. I enjoyed all the background of this, like, season, though. I love this season. Yeah. It's so good. Because it's so different from the other two. Yeah, it is. That's for sure. Yeah, it, and it's so fun. Season two was definitely, like, a rehash of season one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of plot. Yeah. And it's, like, fun for them to put us in such different places, mm-hmm. too. Um, like, the mall is so visceral, and it's so fun to be it's in. It's so fun and vibrant. And, like, we get to explore mm-hmm. parts of Hawkins, too, that we haven't before. 
Right, and you get to do like this big, like this big battle in a abandoned, not abandoned, but like closed down mall. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's great. I love this season. It's <laughs> probably my favorite. Yeah, I just I live for the aesthetic too. Same. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like eleven is usually in uh, like either a dress or boys' clothes or like a hospital gown, and she's like, no, no, no. This year I'm wearing a colorful jumpsuit, and we're like, you can do whatever you want. So the last storyline that we have is the storyline of Max and Eleven. And then Benny did that one. I did that one. I did that one. I did that one. Thank you, Benny. Benny, Benny, Benny. Benny, Benny, Benny. Hiya. Okay. Talk about Ralph Macchio, Brittany. Okay. (laughs) All right. So Max and Elle use Elle's powers to spy on the boys, but it turns out all they're doing is bitching about their ex-girlfriends and farting. (laughs) Hopper is an ecstatic Max is there instead of Mike. Same. They play spin the bottle to find out who they'll spy on next, and they land on Billy. Gross. Elle approaches him in the mind space and he sees her right back. That's suspicious. That's weird. That's weird. Elle and Max head out to find Billy and instead find a bunch of weird stuff in his room, including ice bags in the tub and a bloody lifeguard whistle. Even more suspicious. Even more weird. They head to the pool and find out that it's Heather's whistle, but the other lifeguards are less than useless otherwise. They steal her picture and send Elle into the mind space again where she sees Heather in a tub of ice. She's ripped away before Elle can reach her. They head to Heather's house and find she and Billy safe and sound with Heather's parents. Or are they? Because everyone is creepy normal. Billy recognizes Elle from the Mind Flayer's memories, and that'll come back later. Yikes. And then uh, they knock out Heather's parents. It's a, that's such a creepy scene, too, like the way they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with like the, the music. With the music playing over? Yeah. It's so good. I love when they do that. I love not only when this show does it, but when lots of shows mm-hmm. do it, when uh, they put like- Happy music over something like traumatic and terrifying. Right, and like the major key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a way more fun version of listening to music in your room. Instead of making out to it, you're wa- looking at magazines and dancing around with your friends. Absolutely. Cool. Way more fun. And like not having anyone's bad breath in your face while they poorly sing <laughs> Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. So she's looking at a magazine and we get Ralph Macchio <laughs> and he's the karate kid. Yeah. Um, and I also, I recently watched The Outsiders. So I just think of him as Johnny mm. from The Outsiders personally. And she's like, I bet Ralph Macchio's a good kisser. And it's funny because now you look at pictures of Ralph Macchio and you're like, that's a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's like, is Mike a good kisser? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> no, I doubt it. Um, Eleven's like, I don't know. I've never kissed anybody else, so I don't really have anything to compare it to. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. I'm like, do you have a good time when you're kissing him? Yeah. It's like, well, you do it a lot, so it feels like you must not hate it. Right. And she refers to Mike as her boyfriend, so then Max reminds her that they broke up. And she's like, he'll probably be back, though, because they're probably totally crying right now. And like, oh, I hope they take us back. So right. that means Max did actually already break, actually break up with Lucas. Um, and then I think in the other storyline, they kind of talk and uh, imply that Max and Lucas are also broken up, which I was like kind of hoping for last episode. I was like, Max, <laughs> why aren't you breaking up with Lucas too? She's like, but maybe they just assume solidarity. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. So she's like, man, I wish I could see I, we could see them. So they're going to use Eleven's powers to see them. Um, this is the dream. Yeah. This is the dream. Spy on people. This is the best. I'm very jealous. I've never <laughs> been jealous of having like L's superpowers or anything. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't need the burden. But I'm like, but I would use it for this. I <laughs> like would Steve's use- also trying to spy this episode, but he's doing a way worse job. 
I would use specifically her telekinesis just to be lazy. Right, exactly. <laughs> so they're going to use Will's power or Elle's powers and we see Will still setting up D&D. Mike doesn't understand why she broke up with him. She literally told you that you're a liar. Right. But okay. Lucas believes that Mike is the victim and women are crazy. I don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> yeah, those crazy women, huh? Who put this in their brains? TV. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Their dads. Yes. Probably not Lucas's dad, but like it truly yeah, teaches men not to, Ted. It teaches men zero accountability. They're like, oh, women are crazy. That's why she dumped me. And it's like, so you think it has nothing to do with you? Right. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, because Lucas's dad was like, hey, my wife is correct whenever she says anything, but definitely Ted. Oh, 100%. Ted's a Republican. Exactly. Yeah. So Will's like, okay, let's play D&D. And they're like, we're too busy talking. And Will's like, you've talked about it all. (laughs) There's nothing else for you to talk about. You're literally just reiterating other things now. Like, what else do you have to discuss? Can we please just play D&D? Please. And they just ignore him. They suck. His friends suck. So Mike burps and Will is grossed out. If you're not trying to, like, if they were, like, actively trying to make Will seem gay, mm-hmm. you know, like, I can't tell if they're, like, actively trying to do that or not, because they're like, it's not about that or anything. But, like, right. they're like, see, Will is grossed out by boy things. See, he's gay. <laughs> right. Like, that's why that's why we think it's there, because they keep putting in, like, little things like that, but then they're not, like... Yeah, you don't have to be gay to be grossed out by things. Right. But it's, a, like, a stereotype, and so you're clearly trying to do that. Right. So then Lucas does a giant fart, which is apparently something that happens often, because they're like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> Yo. And then Eleven comes out of it and just, like, laughs because of the embarrassing stuff that she just saw. You can't blame her. She's like, I will never tell you that I saw that. <laughs> but I but totally I saw that. Um, So Hopper gets home and he's just super pissed off that he got stood up, which is totally fair. However, Hopper, you are slammed dude i cannot believe you got here please do not drive drunk and it's not even just that he was buzzed like he was straight up like messed up that was like Mm -hmm. not good yeah i don't know why he drove drunk or as a cop why he thought that was okay right right he's like i can do whatever i want i'm the sheriff i'm the chief of police yeah so he yells at mike and 11 but it's not mike it's max um and max is like geez do you knock and 11 like i've I've said multiple times, she's kind of just like taking over Max's personality. And she also goes, geez. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Eleven really is a sponge. Yeah. But like, that's kind of the point of her like learning how to be a person. Yep. Is like. Mm -hmm. Max is the perfect person for this. Right. So she's like, is it okay that Max sleeps over? And Hopper's like, um, yeah, as long as your parents know about it. And we're like, okay, so we're good here. And he just like stares at them. And Max is like, can I help you drunk man? (laughs) And I love that he's so drunk. And he's like, no. He's not even offended. Yeah, he's like, all right, I'll go. So he at least has one thing to be happy about. Um, and he takes off his, he sits down, he takes off his shoes, and he isn't wearing socks with his shoes. That's, that's, that ain't right. Sir, I bet your shoes smell terrible. Probably. So Max and Elle decide to spin the bottle on who they're going to spy on. Their options are Nancy, Steve, Mr. Clark. <laughs> what if they got Mr. Clark and they were like, what, Will's mom? Why is Will's mom there? Mr. Wheeler, Mrs. Wheeler, Dustin, and Billy. All right. These choices are very strange to me. Yes. Like, you chose both Mr. Wheeler and Mrs. Wheeler, and you didn't choose, like, Joyce? Or, uh, yeah, like, Joyce or, um... Or, like, Max's mom and dad? Or stepdad? Yeah, or Dustin's parents? Right. Like, oh, I was like, is Dustin even on this list? But he is. So they get Mr. Wheeler. Wait, if you can see people, you can spy on them. Hello? Celebrities? Find out the tea on the president? 
She's literally like, oh my god, Ralph Macchio. Exactly. <laughs> so they get Mr. Wheeler and Max is like, that's boring. And of course, Elle is a puppet and she goes, yeah, that's boring. And I'm like, why'd you put him on the list then? Exactly. Only put people on the list who you want to spy on. Right. And then so Eleven learns that you can make your own rules. We don't have to spy on Mr. Wheeler. He's probably asleep anyway. Right. So then they get Billy and Max is like, okay, if he's doing gross stuff, just get out of there. Because like, sometimes he does gross stuff. And I, I feel so bad because she's like, is able to like almost um describe it later. And I'm like, yeah. Billy, are you like you're doing this in the vicinity of your family, I guess. Like, yeah. how much of this... Yeah. Like, Max doesn't deserve to have to be, like, around Like, that. he's probably doing it when he's supposed to be watching her. Probably. Right. Oh, right. For sure. Ugh, that sucks. I hate that for her. Yeah. So, she goes in there. She sees that his car is kind of smashed up and Heather is tied up. But she doesn't see Heather. But it's like, Billy can almost see her. And I think that it's because Billy is also, like, kind of halfway in the Upside Down himself. Yeah, I think you're... Uh, that's 100% why I think it is. Yeah. So, um, they are gonna... They're going for a walk, but it's going to rain. So, they're like, maybe we'll find something inside to do. And Eleven thinks that Max doesn't believe her. And Max is like, oh, I do believe you, but it could be it could be normal that he saw you because Mike has, like, sensed you in the Upside Down before. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, Eleven had a, a connection with Mike. Right. And also, like, this isn't, like, he didn't see, he kind of just, like, sensed her rather than actually seeing her. And we see Billy see her. Like, he doesn't. It's a full, it's a full, like, hey, there's someone in here Like, me. Mike doesn't. Yeah. Mike is never in the Upside Down. He can just, like, sense her through the radio and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, Billy full-on, like, is in the Upside Down with her and looks her in the eye. Right. Well, I think, like, the- Which is, like, freaky. He sort of, like, sees some sort of, like, it almost looks like a, like, a light phenomena. Right. So, Eleven's saying that the girl was, like, screaming and crying, and (laughs) Max is like, oh, God, um- how do I explain sex noises? Uh, <laughs> that is so funny. Her trying to explain like an orgasm. She's like, was it good or bad screaming? And she's like, there's good screaming. And Mac is like, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll just lend you a magazine. And like, <laughs> she she definitely sounded scared though, like Heather. Oh yeah, Heather is terrified. It's very it's. The scene in the previous episode is extremely rapey. Yeah, for sure. So they go to Max's house. Billy's not here, so they're going to go through his stuff. His music is still on, but he's not here. So there's just like normal boy stuff in here. When do you guys think is the last time that Billy was in here? Was it when he was on his way to Karen? And he's just been hanging out at the, um, like the steel factory thing? During the nights? Oh, maybe. I feel like... I think it was a steel steel factory. Steel factory. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. I don't think he's been back here. I think that the last time... Oh, wait. Yes, he has. Because he's got all of Heather's stuff in the bathroom. Sorry. Yeah. Oh! No, he, he brought her there. I was like, maybe upside down Billy doesn't know where he lives. <laughs> he said, oops! Never mind. No, he's definitely been back here. I'm like, why do you leave the music on, though? Right. Save electricity. Yeah, it's the 80s. They got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's got porn magazines. Max is like, I'll give you my mom's Cosmo, but you don't need this. You don't need this kind of magazine. This is not, we don't need this. So there's ice in the bathtub, or, or there's, there used to be ice in the ma- in the bathtub. And she's like, oh, it's for his muscles. But I'm like, no, it isn't. It's because he likes it cold. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all melted, so it's been a while. Eleven sees blood on the cabinet doors. And I'm like, this is a Nancy Drew title. I don't think it's a Nancy Drew title from an actual 
Nancy Drew book, but it's a Nancy Drew-esque title because this is really kind of like a little Nancy Drew mystery and it's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's terrible because Heather's in big trouble, but it's fun to do the little mystery. I like it. So she finds Heather's bloody first aid kit, like little fanny pack thing and her whistle. And so they're like, okay, well, we got to go to the pool. We know that Billy works at the pool. So it makes sense that we would go to that pool, basically. Yep. So everyone leaves the pool because it's raining, but Max and Elle are here. Um, No one is allowed in the water until 30 minutes after the last lightning strike. That checks out. So if you want to get electrocuted, go climb a tree. And I'm like, you know what? This guy clearly doesn't really give a crap about his job, but I, <laughs> um, but it's a good rule. Extremely responsible man. Yeah, it's a good rule. Thank you for enforcing it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, whose bag is this? It's Heather's bag. And he's like, oh, I'll give it to her. But they're like, uh-huh, no, we will. <laughs> and he's like, you don't even know her. They're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about he's it. He's like, I'm just going to put it in her locker or something. Um, so the girls want to find her, but she didn't come to work today. And he only says that Heather bailed, not that Billy also bailed. Oh, yeah. But maybe Billy didn't have to work today. Or maybe like Billy wasn't part of the conversation and he doesn't know that Max is Billy's sister. And so that's why he just straight up didn't bring up Billy. I'm not sure. I didn't think about that. But they only have like six lifeguards. So like they kind of need them. Like or Billy's off that day. Right. Yeah. He could not be on the schedule. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the board that they go over to shows the lifeguards, Adam, Katie, Zoe, Freddie, Billy and Heather. And now that Eleven has a picture of her, she can try and find her in the inside out. Mm -hmm. So they go into the locker room. They turn on the showers for white noise. And that works out great, except it really is a waste of water. (laughs) Like big time. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like just in my experience of growing up and like a, a at a pool like this mm-hmm. we didn't care <laughs> oh yeah, no for sure uh, and and they definitely don't care either like there was definitely not a limit on doing that. oh right right so she gets the scuba glasses and they've got the duct tape on on it and i appreciate the continuity of 11 always needed something to hold clo- like cover her eyes but i'm also like can you just close them right right like I like the I like the aesthetic of always having something to cover cover your eyes, but I'm just wondering if like push comes to shove, can you just close your eyes? Right. Exactly. She's not look. So um she sees Heather's mailbox and it's wet because it's raining. Okay. Um so she's like she's seeing it in the like actual moment. I think. Oh right. And it's raining. So she sees the door and she gets to a bathtub full of ice. Um, we get like kind of a jump scare of Heather coming up, saying help me and getting pulled back down. That's terrifying. Then the bathtub disappears and Heather gets pulled through like the ground. And it's scary. <laughs> um, I think that Heather is able to kind of like see and talk to Eleven because she's also in the upside down. Yeah. And and it's like Heather is actually in the upside down, whereas Billy is like kind of like half in and half out, I think. And that's why he can't like see Eleven. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. The bathtub that she's in is not the bathtub at Billy's house. So I'm trying to figure out if the bathtub that she's in is like a symbolic bathtub because Eleven saw the bathtub at Billy's house or if she's in the bathtub at her house and Billy is like doing some sort of weird upside down ritual that he had to do to himself. Right. Oh, that's possible. Because the same thing's happening to her that he did to himself. Yep. I don't know. So Eleven and Max ride to Heather's house. Eleven is on the back of Max's bike and it's very cute. It's so cute. It's so cute. Um, Eleven uses her powers to get in, and it turns out that Heather's dad is Tom from Nancy's storyline. What a great guy. How 
I totally don't mind seeing him get smacked upside the head with a wine glass or wine bottle later. A town yeah. this small needs like eight journalists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that like having not seen the episodes upcoming though, like when that happens, you're like, oh no, not yeah. only are like Billy and Heather messed up, now Tom's going to be messed up, which is going to put Nancy and Jonathan in danger. Exactly. Ooh. Like, ooh, the stakes are the stakes are heightening. Yeah. So Heather's parents are having dinner with Billy and Billy's like, I'm so sorry that my weird sister is trespassing in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Really weird. I'm not really sure how she got here. Their names are Janet and Tom. And this is my sister, Maxine. So he's not only using Maxine, he's also using sister. Like he doesn't usually. Oh my God. Yeah. The sister didn't even tip me off. It was the Maxine that got me. And like he... He doesn't say stepsister. And he Mm -hmm. literally, like, tries to distance himself from her in every way normally. So it's so... (gasps) Thank you for catching that. I'm just wondering if it's a... I'm just trying to be a nice guy and win over her parents. Or if he's, like, not all there. Right. It's the not all there one. one. So they're like, where's Heather? They think that Heather's straight up dead. And he's just, like, having dinner with her parents. Like, that's weird. (laughs) Um, But she's here. She's cooking. And um, uh, Billy comes over and doesn't know Eleven's name because I realized that he was completely like out before she showed up last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he definitely wouldn't know her name, but probably, but definitely recognizes her because half of his brain is the mind flayer right now. Right. She is introducing herself by L instead of Jane. So it's nice that she is still going by L, even though I think her birth certificate says Jane. Oh, yeah, it does. Right. No, yeah, yeah she's definitely going by L. Yeah. Which, of course, is like when I'm meeting normal people, I say L because L is a normal name. Yeah. And Eleven is not. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, oh, your manager said you didn't come into work today. And she's like, oh, they're like, oh, I was sick, but now I feel better. Do you do you want a cookie? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Would you like a demon cookie? These cookies definitely aren't poison. <laughs> There's definitely not chloroform in these cookies. If Heather was actually here, she'd be like, I don't even know you. Why did you go to my work? Right. Right? Why are you here? Why? How do you know where I live? I don't, I've never met you in my life. I don't know what your obsession with me is, but <laughs> she's not there. So it doesn't matter. Mind Flayer Billy remembers Elle. Janet, who is Heather's mom, who seems really nice. And I'm not that sad about Tom, but I am sad about Janet. Same. She really wanted Max and Eleven to stay because she doesn't like that they're out in the storm, which is really nice and a total mom move. It's very sweet. And Billy's like, oh, she's not a people person, so she's just going to stay away. Uh, Janet spills her wine because she's, like, basically passing out. And Tom reminds her not to drink so much. Okay, Tom. She's like, oh, my God, honey, I'm so sorry. Tom, not only do you not seem like a great guy from Nancy's storyline, but you also don't seem like a great husband either. Yeah, exactly. Don't really care for you, Tom, to be honest. It's interesting that they kind of, like... I don't want to say poison because they're not trying to kill her, but they're trying to like knock her out. Yeah. No. Like, put that in her drink and not his drink. Right. Uh, so yeah, she's all lightheaded and he's like, because of the wine that I told you not to drink. So I'm right. God, he's such a jerk. It's really satisfying to see him get smacked in the head. Bad things happen to you because you don't listen to me. Yeah. So she collapses and Tom goes to help her. So like, at least you care a little, you know, like at least there's this moment of him being like, oh my God, Janet, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I Like, I really shouldn't have said those mean things to you just now. Yeah. Like he doesn't deserve uh, to die, but like, I'm not sad right. that like he died in a fictional TV show. Yeah. I also think that like, he's 
asserting a dominance over her because there's another man in the room as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if if Billy wasn't there, he probably would would be kinder to his wife and daughter. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah. he's, like, posturing. And he's like, oh, crap, Janet, uh, sorry. <laughs> so Heather knocks him out and they use chloroform on him. The amount of confused that he must be. I feel, like, I just feel really bad for him in that moment, to be honest, because his wife just passed out. And then he gets hit in the head by his own daughter and then gets chloroformed by his own daughter. Right? I would be I would be so confused and scared. Right. Absolutely terrified. And then, of course, during this, they're all playing happy music. They're playing American Pie because, of course, they are. And I love when they do this. Yeah, me too. It's so good. Yeah. And that's the episode. To be honest, um... Like, uh, lots of good things happened. Not, a, like, uh, not a whole lot to talk about, though. We did it, Joe. Yeah. It was super fun. I liked it. Um, so now we're gonna move on to segments. My first segment is Good Guy Steve Alert. So, Good Guy Steve Alert, Steve helps Dustin look for evil Russians. That's the only one I have. I usually have, like, a whole list of them, but to be honest, he's mostly just, like, along for the ride this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Dustin's show. Yeah, so, um, that's my, but, but Steve, still a good guy. Oh, does yeah. he, does he badmouth Robin? Yeah, but yeah. It's, I think it's just because he likes her. <laughs> <laughs> and my segment is how much of a butthead was Jonathan in this episode? I, that's not what my segment's called, but I think it's funny to call him a butthead. Sure. I'm going to say he was at like eight or nine in this episode. Yeah, I was thinking eight is probably a good number. Yeah. It's like at least he like he tried to be nice about it, but like, meh. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was just like, you didn't, you didn't get there. You were still a butt. Yeah. My segment is, did Dropper acknowledge their obvious history? And like, yeah, they did. They went yeah. on a date to acknowledge their obvious history. It's not the date that Hopper wanted, but... Yeah. Like, and most people wouldn't call it a date, and Hopper wouldn't consider it a date, but like, it was a date. Yeah, it's like, Hopper, you did get your date. It was unconventional, but it was one for sure. But you got it. Like, she spends the most time with you out of any person she knows, man. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And now it's time for Best Line Award. My Best Line Award goes to Dustin for... Hello. Yes, I am fine. How are you? <laughs> That's incredible. So good. Excellent acting, Dustin. Excellent <laughs> acting. And my favorite line award goes to Hopper for... It is important to me that you feel safe. That you and your family feel safe. I want you to feel like this can still be your home. Ooh. It's important to him that she specifically feel safe specifically joyce yeah yeah and mine goes to steve for for your information she's still in school and she's weird she's a weirdo <laughs> weird. she's a weirdo which is definitely a riverdale reference uh, we love it exactly i'm so glad that you guys also agree with me on that because uh it's 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 ridiculous to me that stranger things would make a riverdale reference <laughs> but like in what world is it not i love when exactly. our worlds collide yeah. Cool. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our mucus. Our mucus. Our mucus. <laughs> our mucus. Our mucus. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We would really appreciate that. We don't have a whole lot of reviews. And it would, you know, if people were searching for Stranger Things podcasts, they would be like, hmm, this one looks good. Let's see if there are any reviews. What? No reviews. Never mind. I won't watch it. So you should write a review so that people would be like, hmm, I should give this one a try. That would be so nice. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. Uh, Robin and I are currently covering the uh, seasons that we actually liked. So go check that out. These are the good seasons. Before it got bad. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show too. We're on season garble. Um, (laughs) And 
we've covered the entire show, so I don't know. It's stupid and fun. Come watch it with us. It's weird. We're weirdos. Yeah, we're in the middle of a hiatus. By the time this comes out, we'll be in the middle of like a three-month-long hiatus, which is like lame, but gives you lots of time to catch up. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we did all of season one, all of season two. We are in the middle of season three. Um, it is our longest and most in-depth podcast um and we also have guests over there it's spoiler free so if you want to watch for the first time with us you can but if you have seen the show we have a spoiler section at the end so it really is all encompassing uh it's a really great podcast in my opinion so go and check it out dope if you're a fan of star trek we like to talk about that show too uh we covered all of season one of star trek picard and we have a couple of round tables with our friends uh and we uh Brittany and i have more plans for that feed in the future once we you know get our lives together <laughs> we are also going to be having a, a new patreon only podcast um at the ten dollar tier on our patreon that is just going to be like super funsies for us if you want to see us talk about stuff that we are that we're Into. passionate about yeah. I can guarantee that Sam and I will be talking about Star Trek Discovery in that one. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter with a side of Tumblr where Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards. She's an icon. I sure do. Our Patreon, like I said before, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, yikes, it is expensive. There are so many perks that are current and are upcoming. If you can't help us out on Patreon, consider checking out shopbelux.com where me and Brittany sell some of our wares. <laughs> I have um, Stranger Things designs of my embroidery. I have Jopper and then also Steve, um, but I also do customs and I can also do custom um, like words or like quotes and stuff too. I can, I can do just about anything. So feel free to check those out. If you can't help with money, recommend us to a friend. Check out all our other podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. We like you guys. Guys, I have enamel pins coming out. Get into yeah. it. It's exciting. You can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-I-S-U-I. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end, but I wouldn't. I'm extremely annoyed. <laughs> and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty much everywhere. Our next episode is episode 304. It's called The Sauna Test. It comes out on May 19th to the public, but if you're on Patreon, uh, you can listen to it on May 12th. So that seems like mm, pretty worth it to me. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say so. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.